Welcome everyone to Be Better Betters. I'm the host, Spanky. Thanks for listening. This episode, I answer questions from a Twitter thread on Be Better Betters. I'll put the link for the Twitter thread in the notes. And I'm just going to go down the list and answer every question to the best of my ability. If um, I don't feel like answering a question, I'll say so. Um, and uh, just before we start, I've been doing these Q&As for a long time, uh, since I started Be Better Betters. And I used to do them a lot, and then it kind of, you know, just, you know, a lot of the same questions. So I said, starting last year, I said, let me just do these things once a year. And, um, you know, kind of want to do it around the holidays, Thanksgiving, kind of give back a little bit. I'm thankful that people have questions and they actually give a shit about what I have to say. Um, but let me just put a full disclaimer out there that, you know, my uh, my answers are just my answers. There's no such thing as I'm the do-all, end-all, be-all. This is my opinion. This is how I make my living. This is how I believe things are. So that doesn't mean that there could be an alternative answer or a, a, a different answer that might apply to others. I only could speak for myself. If I do believe that a question warrants a different answer um, by someone, by maybe another professional sports better or somebody else, I'll state that. But um, again, for the most part, though, everything's coming from my personal experience of 20-plus years doing this. So take it for what it's worth again, though. Don't say, because Spanky said it, it's, it's gospel. Absolutely not. There's many ways to skin a cat, many ways to earn in this business. So um, just want to make sure that we're clear that this is just my take, my views on how I see things. And uh want to make sure that uh, people don't um, understand that I'm not just, you know, I'm very open-minded on listening to different views and whatnot. All right, let's go down a list for the Be Better Betters thread. Okay, this is going to be a long one, so buckle up. I had to do this uh, early in the day because my wife's got me doing a lot of things tomorrow for, you know, to set up for Thanksgiving, and I'm not going to have time really to do anything tomorrow. So, Okay. <clears throat> Uh, first question, JMC at JMC underscore PGH. I loved when Capjack2000 made the How to Make 100000 a Year Betting Sports video, but how would you do it if you were trying to make 25000 a year instead? In other words, how should a recreational sports better looking for the lowest hanging fruit spend their time? Okay, um, so, you know, if I, if I was trying to make uh, just a side income, make a little bit of money, betting sports in this landscape, I would definitely, you know, become a bonus whore. And when I say a bonus whore, I mean try to shop for bonuses, and I know that they're getting few and far in between, but I think that's the surefire way to, to make some coin, and I know people are making a living just shopping for bonuses. Um, so if I wanted to think about, the, you know, the shortest path um, that won't last long, but that would, you know make that make a nice earn for a little for a short while i would go to bonus route um that's that's my opinion but i again I, this is you know i i try to look at things from the 
professional perspective, so it's hard for me to try to think in that mindset. Not to say that I wasn't, you know, I was a bonus whore early on when I was coming up in the offshore world. You know, 20% bonus here, you know, 15% bonus, and I would be middling and scalping, and then I would lose with one bookmaker, win with another. And the bookmaker I would lose with, I would, you know, call him and say, oh man, I lost it all. Little did he know, I bet the other side somewhere else, but that was a way then to be able to uh, even get more bonuses because it looks like, you know, you're just a loser. So you just keep working it that way, and I'm sure uh, even on a grandeur scale, if you have, there's guys out there that are betting with two bookmakers, big, big, you know, big name bookmakers, and they just bet both sides and try to eat up the bonuses. Uh, okay, next question. George Riley Pankagakakis. Both markets are tough to beat, but which market do you think is easy to beat? Betting on games with minus 110 juice or the prop market with minus 115 juice? I think the prop market, even at minus 15, is a lot easier to beat, George. Um, you know, the minus 110 market, you could, the way you look at it, juice is one thing, I get it, and you have to overcome that, bookmaker's vig, but you also got to look at the limits, that's usually a telltale sign if something's beatable or not, and I think that, you know, it's pretty obvious that the prop market, the limits are low for a reason, bookmakers hang these prop games up as a courtesy and um and don't get me wrong some bookmakers make money off the props but they know that they're uh that they're easily uh uh they can easily be taken advantage of so the bookmaker is going to keep an eye on if, if you're just betting props you're going to get flagged soon whereas if you're betting full games you'll have a little bit more longevity ed grick at c-i-a-n-w-5 Major market closing lines becoming more efficient or less efficient? <laughs> well, I think that uh, that the lines always become more efficient for the most part. Although, you know, some pros are telling me that the openers are weaker than they, what they used to be, which is surprising. So, um, but I, I always think that people are getting smarter and that um, the lines keep getting sharper and sharper. Um, and... Um, you know, I'm sure that some type of, some, you know, the closing line, you, you want to make, you know, if, if you believe in an efficient market, you believe that the closing line is, is, is you know, clo as close to that 50-50 uh, um, number, you know, on a minus 110 spread as, as you could get. Um, so, you know, I, I think that it, it's something to bank on. And um, whether you could compare that from 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I think there's a lot more sophisticated guys making numbers, and I think it keeps getting more and more sophisticated. So I do believe that the closing line does become sharper, in my opinion. I could be wrong, though. But I think no matter what, it is, you know, a standard to go by. Next, how about Kevin McElwee at SurferKev9? Is Bet Bash worth the trip for recreational betters? Kevin does a bear shit in the woods. Yes, Bet Bash is definitely worth the trip for recreational betters. Bet Bash is designed, honestly, for recreational betters and pros alike. Um, you know, there's so many pros, so many smart people that come to Bet Bash. And if I, when I was coming up in a business, and if there was a Bet Bash, I'd be the guy, and again, I'm not just saying this because I created Bet Bash, I'm dead straight, I would be the first guy to sign up, because I see all the smart people showing up at Bet Bash, 
and you want to be in a room surrounded by people smarter than you. And if you're just coming up and if you're a recreational, come to Bet Bash. Not only will you listen to legends, not only will you interact with, with, with uh, the best out there, but um, you'll also meet professional sports bettors. You'll, you'll talk to anybody and everybody. So I definitely recommend Bet Bash for recreational and pro alike. Optimistic Vols fan at Bumper Man of Indy. For recreational bettors trying to get started, where is the best place to get information? What is an optimal bankroll to start with, an optimal amount to bet on games? Oh man, that's such a subjective question, uh, Bumper Man of Indy. I, uh, you know, every, what's an optimal bankroll? Everything depends on your net worth, on, on, on what you could stomach. On, um, you know, so there's no such thing. Like, you know what I mean? If, if, if you got Richie Rich over here, you know, he obviously will start off with a bigger bankroll. And you got Pete from the poorhouse, he's going to start off with a smaller bankroll. So I, I don't know, you know, it all depends on what your lifestyle is, what your spending habits are. What I will say is this, is when you're starting off betting, you got to make sure that anything that you bet, um, you could go over for several days in a row, and it won't affect your life in any way, shape, or form. I think that's how you got to look at it. Um, you can't let short-term negative variants affect your livelihood in any way, affect your mental health, affect the way you look at things. So I, I would definitely would make sure that, um, it, it, you know, and, and that's, again, subjective to everybody, I would make sure that making sure you could lose every game on a board and you wouldn't it wouldn't change your attitude whatsoever. And I think if you're betting more than that, I think you shouldn't do so, in my opinion. Again, and I'm risk-averse, and I got a family. Last thing I need is, is to worry about if I'm going to win my bets or not. You know, I run a business, and my, my bets are my business. But I know that in, in my business, there's several days where I'm going to lose, and there's several days where I'm going to win, and, you know, I, you know, I'm kind of um, impervious to those to those feelings um, at this point, and I can't. I'm not going to tell you that it's easy for you to get to that level. It's very difficult. It I, it didn't happen to me overnight like that. It just took a while to believe in the long run and let the long run play out. So, um, but I did know that um, my emotions were kept in check more so when I knew that um, a day's slate of games wasn't going to affect me in any way. Green Thumb at Green TH 9907-3652. Do you know of any good touts or services for a $700 unit better? I built my bank only betting MMA trying to expand my horizons. Do I know any good touts or services for a $700? Well, listen, the only, you know, touts or services always remember this. Whenever you subscribe to any tout, even if it's a winning tout, you're going to pay extra VIG because of the subscription fee. So you got to make sure you're getting down enough. I don't think $700, um, in my opinion, unless it's a prop-tout service where you have such a huge edge, I don't know if that's going to be enough of a bet. I think you got to get into the thousands, maybe a thousand, maybe a little bit more. So I'm not really sure if I could recommend. Um, you know, you got to just look at what the return is and, and factor in the VIG. Um, you know, if you're if you're a minus one ten better and you're a hundred dollar better, and the tout charges, you know, ten dollars. Let's just say a pick. Um, in essence, instead of risking one ten to win a hundred, 
you're risking 120 to win 90. And if you're risking 120 to win 90, you know what I mean? That's like you're laying dollar thirty ish. Um, so you, you know that's a lot to overcome, man. Um, and because uh, the tout's gonna make that money no matter what. So you definitely want to make it so that th that number, when you factor in the price of the pick, um, is as close to, to to what the minus one ten number is, where it doesn't affect you. You know, conversely, let's just say if you have a great tout in your farm and you bet fifty thousand a game then whatever the, the, the service fee is, it really doesn't affect you. So it's just, you know, again, these are opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, if you're betting 50 dimes is good. If you're betting $100 is bad. What that number is in the middle, that just depends how successful the pick is. And if you could overcome and you factor in that pick, the, the, the amount, of the, the charge of that pick into the VIG price and to see if you could overcome that VIG, um, including the subscription fee. Next, it's Chuck Betts at Tim Chuck SC. How you currently see the odd service market? Likes and dislikes and future predictions. <laughs> How do I currently see the odd service market? Likes and dislikes. Well, I, I run Spank Odds, which is an odd service, and the major odd service um, that's been going on for 20 something years is Don Best. Um, and Don Best is the gold standard, um, and, uh, you know, that's always going to be the gold standard, um, and then I'm just hoping to try to, you know, get to that level, and hopefully one day surpass that level, but, um, you know, it, 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 in the odds service market, you know, it, it's a tough thing, you know, I, me starting this business, I never realized how tough it was going to be, because, you know, I have my own odd screen, and I'm, my guys use it, you know, my five guys and my injury guy, we all use it internally, and it's easy when you got internal guys, I didn't give a shit really about soccer, having soccer lines, because my guys don't really bet soccer, if we had one one sportsbook off or another one that we don't really bet, that's okay, and then if something, hey, listen, this, this line might be off, alright, I'll, I'll fix it, now, unfortunately, you know, you get bombarded, this feed, this guy, this line is bad, this line is bad, and it's hard, it's like, I picture it like, you know, those cartoons where you got this thing and there's water coming out of one hole and then it comes out of another hole and you're trying to plug all these holes, you know, you got one finger, you got a toe in one hole, a finger in the other, and it's just hard to keep up with this shit, and um, and, and it's difficult, and, and you want to make it, you know, I think the best, the for anybody running an odd service, or no matter who it is, I think the most important thing out of everything is to, in, to try to strive towards, which will ne it can never happen, but try to strive for 100% um, uh, accurate lines, and, and, and that's, you know, we're, we're nowhere near that, um, but we want to get there, and to do so um, takes a lot of work, takes a lot of manpower, takes a lot of technology, takes a lot of cooperation from sports books that give you the feeds, there's, if you're scraping sports books, there's different errors that always take place, so it's not easy, man, um, and um, it's tough. Look, you know, if I, if I, you know, now that I'm so into it, I'm, 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 I'm into it. But man, if I could just go back, and and sometimes I honestly get tempted to just pull the plug and say, listen, thank you for trying Spank Gods. Have a nice day. But that's it. It's going back to a private, you know, just for my guys, and that's that. But I keep fighting. You know what I mean? The temptation is there, but of course I, I, I'm able to overcome that and just keep going. I got a good team behind me, so we keep fighting away. Thanks for the question. Eric Espling, at Eric underscore Espling. 
When will you have Alan Boston on your show again? Not sure why, not sure why, but I could listen to him for hours. Honestly, Alan Boston um, is uh, was an incredible podcast. And listen, me and Alan didn't get along early on. Um, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't. Once you meet the guy and then you understand exactly, and I already, I said this story on a podcast. But once you understand that this guy, it, there's no more real. It doesn't get more real than Alan Boston. He will tell it to you like it is. And, um, and he is as straight as it gets. There is no fluff. There is no bullshit. Everything is, is, is you know, we were there. We were having lunch, and I, I'll never forget it. He ordered a salad, and then I and then the girl said, you want fr-, the waitress said, you want fries or a salad with your, with your uh, meal? And I said, I'm going to take a salad. And he looked at me and goes, you don't have to order a salad on account, on account of me. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm ordering a salad because I want a salad. You don't think I'll, I, I would order a salad? He goes, actually, I don't. You know what I mean? So that was a nice way of saying, hey, you fat fuck, you ain't going to order a salad. Um, and that's his thing. He was real. And I'm like, okay, now I know what I'm dealing with. Um, and that's it. And then once you start understanding that there's no filter, you could, it, it, you could appreciate it. And then you could understand that he's coming from a real place and he's coming from a genuine place. And I'm not, I didn't really share a story like this, but Alan Boston, um, you know, my son is, is applying to colleges. Um, and, um, and Alan Boston does a lot of alumni interviews. He does a lot of alumni interviews for Penn. So Alan Boston just last week, you know, and, and, and he volunteered to give my son a mock interview, which he didn't have to do, you know what I mean? And and, and that's I, I I so appreciated that my son appreciated it, you know, to to know what they look for and and stuff like that. You know, I never realized how solid of a guy he is, and he's aces in my book. And and for him to even do that for my kid who he's never met. That's that's the type of shit that I just love, and and, and I'm, I'm I really really appreciate his friendship and his time. So, um, yeah, we, you know we haven't had any repeat guests um, yet. Can we? Can that happen? Yeah, eventually. But um, I'm the kind of I'm the I'm the podcast. I want to be the podcast that doesn't bring on repeat guests until I really really if there's like something happening. And again, there's so many requests for repeat guests, and I, I eventually I'm gonna. But I kind of want to keep it you know, interesting in the sense of there's a lot of people I still want to have come on, so I want to keep that going, um, and, and then and then maybe we, we could do another roundabout, and, um, and and we'll run a few guests back. Big J's Plays, at Big J's Plays. How much volume or number of bets per day, week, month, should I be looking to get as an intermediate slash novice better? Excuse me. So, uh, you know, the one thing I, I, I will say is this: is I've heard a lot of pe- a lot of guys say, "I pick my spots. I only bet one bet a week." Um, and I bet, you know, I bet two bets a week, and I just pick my spots, and I'm able to play out a whole season that way. I think that's a bunch of bullshit. I think there's, you know, if you're going to do that as a recreational guy, sure, good, you know, as a recreational, you can do whatever you want. As a novice, better. But if you're trying to get intermediate, if you're trying to get advanced. You know, I don't. I don't know of any pro that says uh, that that tries to decrease their volume and pick their spots. Um, this is a game of trying to uh, have the long run play out as fast as possible. What does that mean? That means you want to place as many you know advantage bets as you can for that advantage to be realized. Um, you know, I, I'd rather place a, a one a hundred one percent advantage bet. Um, you know. Or, 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 or say 51% advantage bets than a place two 
10% advantage bets or, you know, whatever it is. It's, it's one of those things in which, you know, anything can happen in one game. And you think you're picking your spot and stuff, but still, what's the most advantage you're going to have on one game? Not much. So you want to be able to just squeeze out the little edges because those little edges eventually turn into big edges and your bankroll just keeps growing that way. I don't think, I think anybody, you know, it's a surefire way when somebody says, yeah, I bet one game a week. Um, and, and then they tell me they're a professional. I'm like, yeah, probably not. You know what I mean? So I, I, that's a surefire way of just knowing that there's no shot. You know what I mean? We're trying to bet as much as possible um, and to try to get as, even if they're small edges, we don't give a shit. We're just going to keep churning, churning, churning. Um, and as long as we're confident with our edges, then um, we're going to try to make that happen. How about Jack the Dog? And Jack the Dog, who is Spanky? All right. Thanks, Jack. Um, I'm Spanky. My name's Gadun Carolis. I'm a professional sports better. I run this podcast, Be Better Betters, and I also run a uh, Bet Bash, which is a sports betting networking party, and I run an odd service called Spank Odds. Thanks for asking. Next, how about Michael R. Snow at the window? W-Y-N-N-Doe. Spanky, many of the professional sports bettors you interview were introduced to gambling through horse racing. Why don't they continue to bet the ponies? And what could the industry do to earn your business? What could the industry, the sport, the horse racing industry do to earn my business? Well, listen, I've donated during my high school years. I've donated a lot of money to the horse racing industry, so they, they've gotten my business and then some. Um, why don't, why don't, uh, professional sports betters go back to horse racing well the simple answer is it's very hard to beat mike um you know the top gamblers in the world are, are beating horse racing and 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 they have the sophisticated models and the crew to do so schmucks like me have to rely on betting sports um and and i wish i could beat the horse racing market i can't um and i'm sure if people can figure out how to beat the ponies they can um, but, you know, the ponies being a paramutual market, meaning there's no such thing as closing line value, you're going to always bet the closing line. Um, a lot of the guys that are doing this professionally rely on rebates um, from the tracks and, um, and and just are able to churn out small edges and, of course, make, you know, millions, millions, tens of millions of dollars doing it. Um, that ain't me. I wish it was me. I'm, I'm not... I'll, I'll never get to that level, but I do envy the ones that do, and God bless them, because there's some, I, and I know some of them personally, some of the best in the world. How about TJ Goldrock at TJ Goldrock? Every week, we see look-ahead lines, opening lines, line movements throughout the week, and closing lines. How can we use the look-ahead and opening lines, and maybe all of them, to our advantage? Yeah, all right. Look ahead lines. Now, yeah, I, I I never really mess with this look ahead line thing. I notice guys that hang up. I notice Superbook does it. A couple of other sports books that hang up a line ten weeks from now and shit. I, you know, I, I'm trying to bet what's going on today. Um, if it's football, I'm trying to think about what's happening on on Saturday or Sunday, and that's it. Uh, I don't really look ahead, man. I could barely look just what's coming up. Um, so. And these look-ahead lines, more than more likely than not, the limits are going to be so low. Uh, so I don't know. You know, I, I wish I could tell you. I don't know how to use those to your advantage. There's probably ways, but I just haven't figured it out. Um, opening lines is a different story. Um, again, 
you know, when you see an opener, if you see a game open five, it goes to nine, there's no injury information, you know, I'm, you know, or whatever, like, you got to think of, like, how, could the opener have been that bad? And that's the type of thing, and if you're trying to predict line movement, you kind of want to always think that if a line moves hard enough, and there is no injury information, there's nothing out there. I always try to think, if I'm, if I'm going to always try to make a prediction, because if you predict line movement, you could then find a way to beat the closing line, you know, midstream. So I always think that if something opens up and, and there's an extreme move, I always think that something's wrong, or either somebody knows something or something's wrong. There might have been an over move, and that's just a skill that, you know, you just have to develop the feel of the game, where you're like, okay, this moved a little bit too much, it might come back, or maybe somebody knows something, it might keep going. It's hard, but we have, like, you know, on, on spank odds, on my spank odds, and you can do it on any screen, you can have the opening line, and you see what the opening line is, and I always have that column frozen, because I always like to look at what the current line is, and I always just take a quick glance to the left and see what the opening is and see how much it differs from the opening number and um you know if it is it too far off the opening number that's a question i like to ask myself um or if i'm going to try to determine which way the line's going to go <coughs> i hope that answered the question man this is going to take forever i'm looking at this shit this is endless but we go on Bernardo at Bernard six three six three eight seven two four. European soccer, main national leagues and international clubs competitions. Does you does your crew bet on them? And if you know who moves the lines, American or European betters? Thanks. No, my crew does not bet soccer. Uh, we just don't have the the capacity at this point. Um, uh, you know, again, it's the biggest, some of the soccer markets are the biggest markets in the world. Um, I'm almost 99.9% .9 sure that the European betters and the Asian betters are the ones moving the soccer markets, definitely not Americans. Maybe there are, you know, for the smaller leagues, MLS and all this other shit, but I think for the most part, um, the European soccer uh, is, uh, is being moved by some very sophisticated European groups out there um, that bet a lot of money. The Risk Carlton, at the Risk Carlton, I like that name, a play on the Ritz Carlton. Can you speak to last minute full limit bets and what they mean philosophically for closing line value? For example, if I have three points of closing line value on a college basketball game over and two points of it gets eroded by a max limit under bets placed one minute before game time, do I still have the best of the number? Oh, okay. So there's two ways to look at this, uh, the risk, Carlton. Um, a lot of it depended on where the line opened. So again, I, I, and that's what we kind of go back to the opening thing. You know, if, if the thing moved three points, you have three points of closing line, well, you don't have, you have three points of current line value, not closing, because it didn't close yet. And then uh, there's a couple of maximum bets one minute before the game time, so now you only, you're going to finish off with one point of closing line value. So why did that line move the two points? Why did that line move the three points initially? Um, you know, there, there's several, there's several, you know, and for college basketball totals, it can mean several, so many different things. Um, college basketball totals doesn't take much to move the number. So you don't know what the reasoning is. Is the reasoning for somebody to try to disguise the closing line and try to make it artificially not seem as much as it is? 
Um, is it somebody that's playing middles and trying to buy back a big position? And that kind of that will kind of tell you if the if the line opened um, a, a several points below, so that a middler can come in. If the line opened up right around that number, usually a middler wouldn't come in and try to and try to move that much. So you got to look at the opening line. Uh, so there's so many different ways. I can't really answer it. I would say that you know, if you want to do a general blanket statement and say, listen, you're going to only have one point of closing line value. Is that enough to beat the college basketball total market? And eh, you're right there. You know what I mean? You're right on the cusp uh, of of break evenish. I don't, you know, uh, so at minus one ten, I I would want more personally. Um, and uh, somebody somebody's moving something now. You don't know, and, and these are the highest limits usually that's moving those lines. So it's it, it wouldn't make me feel good um, if that happened. Um, put it that way. But does that mean you're going to be a long-term loser? Not necessarily, because you still got that extra. You know, it, it didn't move that much. I say it, it's hard. I, I like I have to be in, 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 and see the exact example. Look at the opener. I wish I could answer this risk, but again, uh, this is one of those things in which. It's got to be at the right moment, at the right time, and I got to see it exactly playing out and understand. You know, I got to live that line, as they say. What does live that line mean? Is I got to be there, and I got to be in the trenches and see how that line is progressing. Look at the line history and see how it's moving. Analyze everything and figure out, and then I'll know just from experience by seeing, you know, the ups and downs and and and, and the curves of how this line moved to understand. Okay, is this going to be a sharp play, that, or is this somebody trying to artificially do something? And again, it's it, there's no um, roadmap to know <clears throat> to be able to do it. It just comes with experience, to be honest. So, sorry if I can't really help you out with that, but it's a good question. Um, all right. Kyle at Kyle three one four five five zero seven two. How do you come up with these names? Like you just take whatever Twitter gives you and you just get a bunch of numbers and add it to your name. Um, do you think the argument for closing line value needs any nuanced updating for people with large followings who will move lines but have no actual edge? Portnoy and Simmons come to mind. Wow, I never knew that. Uh, these guys, maybe this is new to me. I gotta let my crew know about this shit. So you're telling me that these guys will say they like a game and the line's gonna move heavy? If that's happening, that's like we definitely want to know about that because obviously that's as artificial as it gets. Um, or maybe who knows? Somebody might have flipped these whales. I, I don't know. I, I think th it does need updating if that's happening. And again, that's not gonna happen for sophisticated markets like NFL sides. Um, could it happen on a college basketball total market? Yes, but I don't see it happening, especially when you get later in the week in the football market. I don't see the, these things happening too much, but it's something to definitely take a look at. I wouldn't, I, you know, I, I can't disagree with that. Javier82 at damn Javier82. Do you think this season's NFL lines are even tighter than last season's? And it's better to find edges in adjacent lines, like first quarter, first half, or player props instead of spreads. Honestly, I haven't been analyzing this season's NFL lines compared to last season's, to be honest. And when you say adjacent lines, I guess that means derivative lines like first quarter, first half, or player props. Yes, it's definitely better to find edges that way. Um, the, uh, the, 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 the farther you step away from a full game spread, usually the, the higher the edge you'll find. That's a, a, a rule that you could use. Seal Sports at Pick Seal. 
Is there a way to determine how sharp a sports book is in any particular sport besides the limits they have? Also, what time of day do you see the most line movement? Okay. Time of day to see the most line movement. Let me answer these backwards. So I'm just talking about U.S. sports. Time of day to see the most line movements is early in the morning. And it keeps getting earlier, but probably 8 a.m., 9 a.m. till about 11, 12 noon. From what I understand, again, I haven't been in front of a... Uh, 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 you know, in the trenches. My guys will probably be able to answer. My guys should be doing this, by the way, this Q&A. They'll be able to answer a lot of these better than I can these days. But um, but usually, cl- you know, at close to post or, or in the morning is when the line moves. Early, after, uh, early to mid-afternoon is usually a nice break, and this is Eastern time. To determine how sharp a sports book is, um, so, you know, I, I would honestly, you, you got to chart. And how do you chart? You chart, you look for the sports book that has that's moving first or that has an opinionated line compared to everybody else's line. When you're able to do that, if let's just say you see everyone's painted five, but this one sports book has a four and a half. Okay? You chart that. You're like, okay, this sports book looks it's it's sticking itself out there. Why? So then you check it out three hours later, two days later, if it's in a football market, whatever. What's the market at now? Is the market down to four? If that's the case, that sports book's pretty sharp. Because they kind of lured you to say, listen, if you want to lay the favorite, you're going to lay the four and a half on Royals Painted Five, knowing full well that they think that that line, that lane four and a half, it looks like value at the time, but they're setting a trap and that they know that the sharp side is a dog and that line's going to even go further. That's how you could tell, and it just takes time. It's different for every sports book. You got to chart it, you got to set line alerts. Spank Odds has these line alerts. When you see a sports book moving aggressively, when you see a limit change happening big time, you can use these tools to know and to be able to find out who's moving first, who's, um, what, you know, who's, who's getting that, in, who's getting that hit early, and who's tipping, uh, the rest of the world off, and, and that's a thing, and, and it doesn't really tip the rest of the world, some of these sports books, they could be the little smallest joints that are located in an alleyway in San Jose, Costa Rica, um, and, um, and they're probably getting the sharpest bets in the world, um, and you don't even know about it, but if you watch their numbers, that's when you could figure it out. And um, and that's how it works, and that's how we've done it. We've done it, you know, historically. That that was my whole edge, is I would know how the Asian there's certain Asian sports books that would tip everything off, you know, the NBA guys. I that's how I would every sharp syndicate's plays had to eventually go through Asia, and that's how you know my edge was gained because I saw the lines move at sports books that nobody else was looking at that weren't on any odd screen, and um, and then that's how you do it. You know, you just try to find a little edge here and there, and then you could just, you know, you capitalize on it. Okay. George Riley Pankagakakis coming back for round two. In the Super Bowl three years ago, New England beat the Rams 13-3. At the South Point in the Vegas, they were paying 400-1 to on the Rams, scoring exactly three points. And some would bet $250 and won 100000 GRP wins was not the better. That was you. Okay. Do you think the better was big time positive you with this bet? And somebody says that was Rufus Peabody. So yes. Yeah. So Rufus has all these um you know, he has all these probabilities and he has he knows what the fair prices are on this guy scoring exactly eight points and two points and three points and he bets all that shit. Um and um that was that you know it's a hundred percent a positive EV bet. 
Um, so how do you, you know, what did the South Point do to learn from that? So the South Point, obviously, will never hang a line. And, and see, this is the thing that, that you know, uh, my buddy Captain Jack always talks about the art of sports betting. This is where the art comes in. The art comes in in the sense of you have an edge. You know you have an edge. You feel confident in your edge. The last thing you ever want to do is educate the sports book. No, because once you educate them once, it's over. Um, then that edge will be eroded forever. So why, you know, again, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I, you know, I know Rufus bets a lot and stuff. But if I'm Rufus, I'm never placing a bet in my name. I'm never going to bet something like that. I'd actually have you, George, bet that $250 or 401 because if that thing hits, they'll just think, yeah, you know, George hit it. Okay, whoopsie do. No big deal. But, you know, I'm almost positive that not only because Rufus won that bet, but every single bet that somebody like Rufus bet on all those numbers are going to be adjusted accordingly the following year. So you're just, you're tipping, even if you, even if you don't win the bet, you're tipping yourself off. And this is something that, uh, that's important to be able to maintain longevity by, and again, it's a cat and mouse game. You know, a lot of people, oh, Spanky, that's not, no, that's not unethical, this, I'm trying to live. You know what I mean? If it's me, and if I have that kind of information, best believe there's a beard bet in that shit. There's no way I'm going to do anything, and I'm going to, you know, and it's very different from betting games and stuff, where it's week-to-week things, but when you're betting these Super Bowl props, and I talked to Rufus about this, and I always told him, imagine you just went to the Westgate, and you just bet every single thing the wrong way. Do you understand, and it was two dimes a pop, the value you could create for yourself? He goes, yeah, but I'm not into that, and that's it, so, you know, whatever. Um, and again, I'm not trying to, Westgate guys are nice guys, everybody, uh, we're all nice, and I'm not trying to say the South Point would, you know, but I'm just saying, it's a uh, it's a cat and mouse game sometimes, and um, if somebody's going to move aggressively and, and, and do it, you know, in, in, in order to survive and in order to play this game, um, you got to play the game, and um, sometimes to play the game, you got to make moves. Um, of course, if you have a personal relationship with the joint or something like that, it's a different story. But uh, you know, if if you don't, then I would definitely beard in and find ways to disguise your edges. All right, George Riley, man, George Riley, man, you're coming back third time, three strikes, and you're out here. Last year, Alabama opened minus 19 at Ole Miss, and the line closed at minus 14. And Alabama easily covered the minus 19. If someone bet Ole Miss plus 17, do you think it was a good bet because the line closed at plus 14? Or do you think it was a bad bet because Alabama easily covered? (laughs) <laughs> so if the line closed at 14 you're asking me if plus 17 is a good bet or a bad bet obviously Ole Miss plus 17 is a great bet if it closes 14 you George knowing your theory and logic or lack thereof would say no that's a bad bet because Alabama covered the minus 19 and I've heard you say a lot George that it doesn't matter if you beat the closing line it matters if you win um, which is a faulty, faulty, very faulty logic, and I'm sure everybody out there, please don't listen to that. Um, you know, this is, try to use an analogy here. Let's just say the weatherman says, okay, it's going to rain tomorrow. And, um, and uh, you know, forecast is rain, 90% rain. You bring an umbrella. Now, are you the smart person, and it, and it winds up not raining, are you the smart guy for bringing the umbrella? Or are you the dummy because you brought the umbrella, you had to carry it around, but it didn't rain. Ha, 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 ha. 
you're looking at one game, one day, where the closing line doesn't hold up. And the closing line's not going to hold up several, you know, 40x percent of the time. But you can't play it like that. You got to play the. You got It's it's a game of numbers, and you got to just play the odds and know that if that game between Ole Miss and Alabama was played thousands of times, the plus seventeen on a game that closed plus fourteen is going to win way more than fifty percent of the time. And if you know that, and if you play that, you can't just look at just the one game um, and say, oh, man, forget closing line. Some people have that trash can, CLV trash can. Look, ha, 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 ha. You know what I mean? Come on. Everybody just tries to say, forget closing line, and they try to justify that shit by just looking at one game. I've made my living beating the closing line. This is my livelihood. So trust me, and I've bet, God, billions of dollars, and I don't, you know... Uh, millions of bets over all my life. So it, it's just, you know, when somebody says closing line is trash, cut it out. You know what I mean? Let, let, let's get real here. Um, all right. Sorry for going off. And listen, George, I'm nothing against you, man. We're all trying to get better. Coots at Cuda, 69, 69, 69, 369s. I like it. Who's covering next week? Michigan versus OSU. I don't give a shit. I don't know, and I don't even know the line. And even if I did know the line, I couldn't tell you. How about Storm Pig at Storm Pig underscore? What percentage of your business is per head these days? The majority of my business is still per head. It's always going to be that way. Um, you know, regulated joints. Um, it's tough. You know, what what percentage of re- you know what percentage of regulated joints take sharp action? to be able to satisfy your appetite um, enough to, uh, to, you know, to, to make a living at it. There's not many. So, yeah, and it's not just per head. When, I guess when you say per head, you're meaning offshore, but there's also European, there's also Asian outs. So I guess if you're saying non-regulated versus regulated, you know, it's mostly non-regulated. Um, however, the per head Costa Rican hub type thing, yeah, it's, it's, it's up there, but you know what I mean? There's, uh, our biggest thing is Asia, um, and that's where we get the most down. And again, I said this on my last podcast, and I'll say this to every single person out there. In order to be able to increase your outs and be able to increase your ability to get down, you have to try to infiltrate the Asian sports betting market because these guys, the accounts are endless. They are able to rejuvenate. Um, Asian gamblers historically are the best gamblers when it comes to you know getting down the most. I'm not, I'm not saying the best EV gamblers. I'm saying the best when it comes to longevity, um, and um, and that's what they do. You know, I mean, Las Vegas, the current Las Vegas landscape in any casino is built around Asian clientele. Everything is Asian. If you don't have an, a, a specific Asian pit or a specific Asian theme, um, you're, you're, you're losing out. You're missing out. So, and, and, and everybody knows that. So I definitely would focus on Asia, um, and it, it's hard to infiltrate. And this is why I have Chinese Mike. Um, not just because that's not the reason why I have Chinese Mike, but this is Chinese Mike special. I don't have Chinese Mike no matter what. It's my buddy. It's my partner. But Chinese Mike, you, you need an Asian to infiltrate the Asian market mostly. Just like most cultures out there, it's hard to be able to um, to uh, infiltrate some of these markets um, unless you're one of them. 
Um, you know, I, and, and for me, listen, in order to get into the Asian markets early on, I'd have to go to Chinatown, I'd have to go to Mahjong Pits, I'd have to do this and that and adapt, you know what I mean? I ate something one time, the guy said, try it, you know, the shit was moving on my plate and shit, I don't even know what the hell it was, but I'm like, fuck it, I need these outs, so I just did it. Shit like that, you gotta just, you know, suck it up and do what you gotta do, um, to, uh, to make it happen. So, um... I definitely, the Asian markets are huge in the sports betting game and in everything. If you have any AP, we'll tell you. I remember Richard Munchkin would said something on his Gambling Edge podcast saying, if you get an Asian female, that shit's like an extra, I don't know, millions of dollars, I guess, uh, longevity in a lifetime if you're, you know, versus, you know, a, a white male. It's just, it's insane. Because um, when, when, a, when a pit boss, when a casino, anybody that sees white male, they're thinking, uh-oh, he's got an edge. And that's just how, that's a stereotype. It's not necessarily true, but that's just how it is. Um, you know, but if you see an Asian female or if, you know, this is like, oh yeah, they're just a degenerate, whatever, they're getting lucky. So that's just how they look at it. And um, you got to use that to your advantage, that stereotype. <coughs> Adam Uwenstein at the Beagle Bets. Do your prop guys track closing line value or just know they are successful based on results? If they do, what site or sites do they use? My main prop guy is Chris Bruno. I have no idea what he does. All I know is he wins. Um, he handles all that shit. I don't know what he tracks. I don't know what he does. He just bets and, um, and we just make money. So I can't answer that question. And I pretty much doubted that he's tracked closing line value. Um, but I'm pretty sure he's beating the closing line. Brona, 4P, Brona, P for P, what's up, Brona? What are some warning signs slash red flags you look for with a new bookie? Man, okay. So, um, you know, we deal with a lot of bookmakers. There's not many bookmakers we deal with direct. Most of the time, we're dealing with betting partners that deal with bookmakers. But when a new bookmaker comes along and wants to bet with us, I mean, that wants to um, wants us wants to book our bets, you know, there's a couple of things that we do personally. Number one, if the guy's trying to take big money, um, that's already a red flag, and, and we have to double check. So what I do is I, I have contacts down in Costa Rica and the islands. And I could make a few phone calls to try to find out what kind of business this guy's running. Now, this is an advantage I have. Not everybody has this advantage. I'm just telling you what we do. Um, I'm able to call any office down there for the most part and find out how big this guy's business is. You know, there's one guy that tried to say, listen, I'll book you 10 times a game. We call down there, and he only has three other players. Um, you know, then I obviously know the guy's trying to take a shot. Where another guy said, I'll book you 10 times a game, you know, we're one of 400 players, and the guy is just printing money every week. So this one, we know, okay, we probably could last longer there. And that's just an advantage, because I go down to Costa Rica every year, um, and I have a lot of connections. Uh, you know, what, what can I tell you? Um, but if I was somebody listening, and what what kind of thing, you, you know, I would, I would, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Uh, you know, that's probably the best advice I could give. It's too good to be true. It probably is. And, um, and, and, and greed is the ultimate downfall of so many people. You can't, and you got to do figure control. You know, there's guys in which we don't know, so we'll take a shot and we'll just try to slowly but surely build, build, build our way up. Um, and that's just what I advise to anybody that's out there that's dealing in the unregulated market. 
you know, bookmakers shouldn't stiff, but some bookmakers are broke. And if you don't know if they're broken on, if you don't know, you know, you could have your buddy says, this guy always paid me. He was always there on time. Yeah, because you probably got paid five out of 50 weeks. The other 45 weeks, you're paying him. So, of course, he's going to pay you. But, you know, what happens if he has to pay you every week, week after week after week after week? You know, you know, is he still going to pay? And is there a number where he just doesn't pay? So you kind of got it's figure control. And you got to just stop the greed and just slowly but surely try to build up. Um, laydowns are a part of the business, and it sucks. It's a sucky part of the business. It's just part of it. Unfortunately, there are guys that are not honorable in the business. That's just how it is. So you just got to factor that in. If you're going to deal in the unregulated market, um, you got to understand that the possibility of laydown is real. WB Analytics at M underscore MRCHT13. By how many percentage and how many times you need to beat the closing line value to be profitable? I believe you said once you need to beat closing line line 80% of the time, you need to beat it by 20% at least. Is that true? <laughs> um, well, yeah, we, we try to we try to aim towards 85, 90% to try to beat the closing line. You definitely want to get beat it as much as possible unless... We think we have the nuts, and we're dealing with some of the best in the world that we're trying to disguise the closing line, which again doesn't apply to most. So, let's let's get you know. I want to make sure I'm relatable here. Um, if you're trying to beat it, you want to definitely beat it more often. You know, 80% of the time is great. Now, when you try to beat it by 20%, meaning you know that's a lot. Uh, you know, you don't need that much closing line value. Again, depending on how you calculate closing line, you just want to be able to overcome that bookmaker's vig. Uh, a bookmaker's vig, you should call it 4.5% hold. So 20% is like a monster. You don't have to crush it like that. You got to overcome the hold. You got to overcome the vig. Just get better than minus 110, cross even money, get into the positive juice, and then you're good. Um, so, you know, you just aim for that. And, um, and it's tough because in this business, to win, you beat the closing line, but then to last, you don't beat the closing line. So there's the catch 22. Spanky, I could win. But then I get kicked out. So now what? And, you know, I'd invite you to listen to advanced bookmaking and betting topics on my last podcast. I kind of got into that a little bit. But it's a hard conundrum to be in. And, um, you know, if I had that solution, then uh, I don't know. I probably wouldn't share it anyway. How about that? Okay. Sila at Sila's Moot. Spank. Can you please give us a couple of nuggets on how limits provide useful info? You mentioned that knowing when Penny and Chris raise limits has made you millions. But you also said following Penny and Chris would make you go broke as the screen is last to be hit, not first. Yes. Man, Sila, I'm glad you really listened. That's great. Because that looks like there's a um, those, two, those two lines... Uh, contradict each other. Back in the day, um, you know, the, the the market's changing, and it always changes. Um, so yes, knowing when 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 you know Chris and Pinnacle raised their limits, and then if you look at a line history and you see, you could kind of compare um, or or just look at when the limit was raised. What bet did they write? Did they write a bet? at, let's just say, X time, and then at X plus 1, a minute later, three minutes later, the limit's increased. That tells me 
one of two things, and they're both going contra- to contradict each other, so sorry, but it tells me, number one, that they really respect the guy to bet, and they feel confident on that line, so they're like, okay, let's increase the limits now. This guy, um, we feel as if he's, you know, he's very sharp, he's a long-term winning player, we like the line we're at, let's bump up the limits now to write some two-way action, or to be able to move the line enough to be able to write some action that is, uh, you know, that we're on the same side as this guy that just bet us. The second thing that it could mean is somebody knows at a certain time that Chris increases their limits or whatever, say 10.30 a.m. Eastern, and then they're going to bet at, let's just say, 10.28 a.m. Eastern at the reduced limit to attempt to manipulate the market so that after 10.30 a.m. Eastern, then Chris increases the limits, and they're like, okay, now we feel good and stuff, but he kind of knew that this was the best time to do that because now he has a better line at a higher limit that a lot of people might copy. And again, that's super, you know, that's super advanced shit, and it depends how much they increase the limits because it costs money to manipulate lines, so it depends on what the, what the increase was. Um... It, 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 it's it's impossible for me to give uh, a roadmap on how this shit works. It's impossible. Like, I can't describe every scenario. There's so many of them, and I know it seems crazy, but you gotta watch also in tandem. You know, spank odds. When I you know when it comes to line alerts, line move alerts. You know what I would recommend is you, you start off with one one bookie, whoever uh, any bookie that moves a point or any bookie that moves a certain three percent, alert me of it, and then you just start looking. It's gonna it's gonna buzz you a couple of times, boom, boom, boom. You know, line move, major line move, whatever it is, and then you watch, and then you try to find out who's moving first and who's not, and then you just see, hey, wait a minute, you look who's who, sometimes if Chris Apinico move first, you know, could that be a setup? If somebody like uh, I don't know. Jazz moves first, or Buckeye moves first. Is that the real deal? If there's, is there a combo? Is is something happening? Um, is you know, there's so many combinations that you could do to set up to kind of change that data into information, and it's impossible, I think, with the naked eye, to be able to monitor all these markets at the same time. And I think that's why setting line alerts in the proper way, setting limit change alerts in a proper way. Um, and you just analyze and look at, and coupled with line history, you could kind of figure out the puzzle um, and you figure out exactly what happened. And honestly, look, I, again, this might sound, oh man, I don't want to do this, but just do it for a couple of weeks without even placing a dollar bet. Don't even bet. See if you could predict which way this line is going to go. And then if you could just chart that without betting at all, and it's going to take countless hours of work if you want to do it to a certain degree that, you know, you want to be successful at it, if you want to take that top-down thing, um, figure out who's the guy that's tipping the hand, that tips the market before anybody. There's a lot of sports books out there um, that, you know, and we put them up there, and believe me when I tell you, some of them are, are getting shit a lot earlier than others. And I'm never going to, you know, I'm not going to, you know, like you can't, I'm never going to tell you guys Hey, for this sport, check this sports account. Nah, why would I do that? I gotta, you know, my guys gotta earn. My guys gotta do the thing. So I can't tell you everything. It's all there, though. You know what I'm saying? Like everything is there if you set the proper line alerts, and if you set the proper limit change alerts, and if you set the proper line seekers. Um, you know, that's another one. Line seekers. You know, I want to know if the game is painted six and a half on a football game. Let me know whenever somebody goes to seven. 
I don't give a shit who it is. Just let me know. I want to know why somebody went from six and a half to seven. Do I care really if they went from six and a half to six? Not as important. But tell me when somebody goes to seven on a game that's painted six and a half. Because that's a big move. Two and a half to three. Now, you can't say two and a half to three because you got to attach juice to it. So sometimes you could do that with line seekers, but you got to attach juice. So if it's two and a half flat to three flat, it's different. You know, if you do, you know, two and a half flat to three dog 20, that's not as important, not as big. So you got to understand how to set it um, in the way, and you could use a percentage of value to do that, which kind of normalizes everything um, instead of using points and cents um, to be able to kind of guide you. On, on which way the stuff is moving. Long-winded answer, bro. Um, you know, you, 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 you can't blindly follow. You, you got to chart things, and you, you got to figure it out, man. Sorry, Sila, but I hope that helped. Jack, at bad coffee. With two E's. Three E's, sorry. Would you be able to handicap a game on its own without the computer algorithms? I don't handicap games, Jack. Um, we uh, work with guys that handicap games. Um, so, I'm, I'm, can it be done in general without computer algorithms? Alan Boston still does it till this day. The late great Dinky used to do it really without computer algorithms. There's few guys left that could do it and that could do it well. Um, and there's not many. I'll tell you that right now. Not many. 73 and what? At Bronova Mike. What do you think the future of the industry looks like? Well, sorry. What do you think the future of the industry looks like with exchanges now operation in New Jersey? Will there still be a place for sports books? If it gets big, will the centralized price discovery make it harder for betters to be plus EV with typical strategies like line shopping arms? Um, will there still be a place for sports books? Listen, I think there's always to be a place for sports books, and I think exchanges. Um, for them, for them to get to a certain level, they have to be interstate, um, you know, national. I think it's tough um, for exchanges to be able to, um, unless there's a cedar. Um, you have to have cedars, and even many cedars. And a lot of these guys, the cedars, understand that they know that, you know, they're going in and they're playing defense, and it's tough. There's a lot of, you know, you got to take really big bumps. Um, to try to and to try to be competitive pricing and stuff, you know, if you're gonna be in an exchange, you want to be have a competitive price, and then you know you're gonna take some lumps along the way, um, and and you're trying to build up a business, build up a clientele. Um, do I see exchanges being part of the future? Yeah, sure I do. Do I see it completely replacing everything? I don't know, man. They were saying that shit with Matchbook. They were saying that with Betfair. They've said it with so many different things. Yet sportsbooks are still alive and they're still doing their thing. So. I don't really see uh, anything completely replacing sports books, but do I see exchanges, and do I hope that exchanges become uh, a, a, a good part of the uh, ecosystem? Absolutely. Why wouldn't I? I? I just like everybody else would love to get a better number. How about puck value at puck value? I'm currently betting NHL scalps. I bet openers, and when they move enough, I take the other side at no risk. Is this a good way to grow a bankroll, even if it is not large amount of money? Is this sustainable long term? Puck value, this is the way I grew my bankroll for years. I didn't have any risk. I couldn't afford risk. So I scalped the shit out of it for day for years. Years and years and years. And absolutely. Now you got your you know, math guys out there who uh, don't live in a real world 
who just think that everything happens on a piece of paper, they might tell you, oh no. But you know, you're giving away the best of it if you take if you if you buy back. Um but you gotta understand that sure you might you're gonna have a lower return by scalping, but your risk is also lower. And it could even get to zero when you're scalping, right? So a lot of people don't understand that the risk element. Sometimes it's not all about maximizing return and maximizing EV. Sometimes for as humans and as people that actually bet real money that have limited bankrolls, sometimes the goal is to minimize risk. And I think there is nothing wrong with that, Puck. And until you're comfortable by staying a little bit long on positions or whatever, do what you want to do, do what you got to do to try to be able to increase your bankroll accordingly. And um, there's nothing about it. Again, there's so many ways to skin a cat, so many ways to earn in this business. Um, nothing wrong with middling and scalping. Best of luck. W2 Jesus at Real W2 Jesus. If I'm making six figures as a casino advantage player, should I look into sports betting? The idea of making money at home betting on apps is very attractive, but my sports gambling knowledge is very limited compared to my knowledge of casino games. Um, you know, I don't know, man. If you're making six figures as a casino AP and you're trying to come into my world... You know, sure. Come on, you know, come on in. The water's fine. I, I don't you know. There's a lot of stuff to learn. The barrier of entry is there, but you know, it's one of those things in which I, I don't know how to advise you either way. Um, I don't know. Do you want to make seven figures? You know, what do you want to do? W two. It all depends on 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 what you want. You know, is, is betting sports? I know you want maybe want to stay at home and think you're gonna bet apps all day, but keep in mind you're gonna get limited. And if you get the best of it, you're gonna, you know, eventually get limited, and, you know, it's. But yeah, go, come on in, man. I, I can't advise you otherwise. It's, it's. I've made a decent living doing it. Joey Isaacs, at Joey Isaacs, who's your favorite Twitter follower? I met Joey Isaacs in, um, in L.A. at the uh, meetup that um, uh, Matt Landis had, and. Um, and, and a couple of the other sharp guys out there. Um, and Joey is a really nice guy. Who's your favorite Twitter follow? Um, you know, my favorite Twitter follow these days, the one thing, I, the one I like is I like that, there's a thing called Vintage Vegas. I like looking, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if everybody else likes this, but I like looking at pictures from like before and after and see how the old Vegas used to be and shit. And they put a side-by-side picture and, kind of see how it is now, that kind of, I get excited on that type of stuff, you know, to see how, you know, and there's another follow I had that, that, that's not just Vegas, it's other things where he just looks at uh, how um, uh, somewhere in, the, in Saudi Arabia or some shit or uh, United Arab Emirates where it was just like nothing, it was all sand and shit or whatever, and then they just built it up and it's all these big buildings and shit, you know, 30 years later or whatever. I don't know. I kind of like looking at that shit. There's another one that I like to look at. Somebody, I just comes on my feed. I see these fights and shit. And sometimes that shit gets addicting. You just see these fights, guys fighting and stuff. And hood fights, I think it's called. Um, stupid shit. Um, you know, when it comes to gambling content and stuff, man, I live, breathe, and eat this shit. So it's like one of those things in which, uh, you know, I kind of try to get away from it. It's, um, you, you kind of... And it's hard, you know what I mean, it's hard to get away from it, but, 
if I want to escape on the Twitter thing, on the Twitter machine, that's the type of shit I like to look at. Mr. Many Hats, at Mr. Many Hats, until I get a bankroll, I want to give the sharp side out for free, since it doesn't hurt me. Alright, what makes you think you got the sharp side, Mr. Many Hats? What if I get dopamine from pissing in somebody else's Cheerios? Is there something wrong with me? Alright. So that's a why that that's one of those wise ass questions that we just pass up. Um I don't even know why I read the whole thing, but I just did anyway. Jeff at Pope of G Village is the sharpest NFL money on the openers when the limits are smaller or at post when the limits are the biggest. Thank you. I will hang up and listen. Huh. Well, that's a great question, because you could make a case for both times. Um, so let's just talk about what the better's objective is. The better objective is, is to try to get down as much money as possible, and uh, by tipping the bookmaker off in the least way possible, um, and to sa- in order to satisfy his appetite. The guys that are betting NFL openers are probably very sharp. Probably have limited bankrolls, and but they're still very sharp. You can't just think about somebody that's not sharp and they, you know whatever. So, I think there's definitely sharp money that's coming in early. Probably, you know, injury information, whatnot. So that's definitely sharp. Is there sharp money coming in on NFL morning of? Absolutely, there is, because that's when the big boys come in, the big syndicates come in and try to bet the biggest amount of money they can. Um, but, and I've seen it, I've seen it historically, I don't know if it's still the case, but I've seen it so that, um, you know, that 9 a.m. rush, I mean, I don't know if it's still the case. My guy Luke, Chinese Mike, they'll be able to answer these questions way better than I can. I'm giving you such outdated information right here. Um, but I know there are groups out there that bet Saturday before the day, before the game, Sunday, to try to get down. Again, you want to try to maximize... Um, your, your ability to get down by minimizing um, um, line movement, essentially, or if, if you're a syndicate. Um, so, you know, it, it, it all depends. But yes, there's definitely sharp money both places. Um, I don't know which is sharper. Um, however, in the NFL, um, you know, if you know, I, I truly believe it's such an efficient market that, you know, I don't even know if these big syndicates that are betting on Sunday, unless they're fucking betting so hard and there's no resistance to it, because that's the big thing, because there are so many, you know, big money in the NFL. If they don't see any resistance, then of of course that's going to be super sharp. They're moving, you know, big numbers around. Whereas the openers, there's, I don't know, you know, uh, depends what the resistance is. How does the number that they get compared to the close? Um... Whereas, you know, a lot of these syndicates will sacrifice closing line value to be able to maximize the amount to get down. Um, so it's just, it's, it's a balancing act. And um, I think there's a sharp uh, thing to be said for both. Great question, and I don't really know the answer. Walter Williams at Walter Will 4421 How scalable is sports betting? Can you expect to make six or seven figures a year with a good operation and a ton of offshore outs? Would you recommend a different avenue or advantage place such as blackjack or becoming a bookmaker for someone looking to get into the gambling business? Well, Walter Williams, 
I definitely don't recommend becoming a bookmaker unless you're able to get licensed in a regulated jurisdiction because if you try to become a bookmaker in the United States of America, that's illegal. And um, I know the feds are listening, and I will never recommend anybody to be a bookmaker and operate in any way, shape, or form illegally. Now, can you scale sports betting and make six, seven figures a year? Absolutely, you can. Absolutely. Um, would I dec- recommend a different av- uh, avenue of advantage play, such as blackjack? Yeah, you know, there's guys making a lot of big money doing that too. Um, and you know what? All these guys that you're talking about, the guys making six, seven figures a year, the guys that are advantaged players and playing black, every, all, a lot of those guys come to Bet Bash. And uh, I'm sure if uh, you might make a few friends, Walter. You know what I mean? So that's the best advice I could give. Walter Williams coming in for a second. Shot at the cookie jaw. What does a typical day look like for you and your team and traders? Again, um, I, I, I'm I not on the front lines anymore. Um, so a typical day for me is I'm programming. <laughs> I'm coding and trying to fix shit. Um, but, uh, or, or I'm trying to, you know, talk to new betting partners and whatnot. But for my guys, um, you know, Wake up, check the injury report, find out what our uh, handicapping teams like and find out what numbers they like to bet, figure out, you know, it depends if it's college football, college basketball, babysit positions if we have to, think about how we're going to attack different positions, do we need to be able to attack, do we need to manipulate, do we need to do this, do we need to do that, there's just so many things. My Luke is, which is runs my operation, is a maestro, man, like I, I don't, you know, I'm at a point right now which I don't even know what the hell he does, right? He just, you know, so it's just, you know, Luke uh, eventually is going to come on my podcast and he'll be able to share a lot of that stuff, but he just does what he does. And um, and I taught him what I know and he knows what I know and a lot more than I know. So I don't, I, don't, I can't even, you know, expect. I just, uh, you know, it got to the point in which I just let him do his thing and um, and uh, and he knows the right way to do it. Sometimes he'll ask me for an advice here and there, what should I do in this situation? Um, but for the most part, he knows what's up. So it's hard um, for me to answer that uh, with, 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 you know, because I don't really know it, to be honest, at this point. Everything's different. The game has changed, man. The game has changed in, in so many different ways. Silky Johnson at King of the SEC. What would you consider an appropriate bankroll percentage relative to total net worth? More so, what is a reasonable for a wise and maximum percentage of your total net worth? I understand bankroll management. Again, Silky, you know, there's a risk of ruin formula that I would recommend you look into. Um, all I could tell you is this, is that, again... You know, I know they have the Kelly criteria and you're trying to maximize, you know, your EV, minimize risk and stuff. Um, but, you know, your EV, if it's not calculated correctly, Kelly can make you go broke. What it, what, what comes down to it is, is you want to be able to last. And again, I always just keep, I always go back to forgetting about maximizing EV and all I think about is minimizing risk, minimizing risk. Because in this game where this isn't, you know, played on a spreadsheet or played on a piece of paper. In this game of life, I have seen many, many groups who are very sharp, 
go broke, go bust, tapioca They don't have money anymore. Why? Because they overestimated their edge, they bet too much, and they went bust. It just always happens. And I've been saying this shit for years and years and years. So, again, whatever you think that number is, I always just tell everybody, make sure that if you go over 20, over whatever it is, that this does not affect your life in any way. Make sure that whatever you're betting, I could lose every bet I placed today, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't even sweat. I wouldn't even care. I could do that for, you know, I'm not, you know, for a long time, and it wouldn't hurt me. And that you just have to understand if you could handle that, then um, and and that's the number you should be betting. And then if you go up a notch, can you handle it? Ask yourself that. Can I handle it? Um, that's how I look at it. Some people might look at it differently. Spank, you're too, you're too risk-averse, you're too conservative. Okay, fine. You know what I mean? That's just me. I, you think I'm going to tell my wife, hey, listen, I overbet my bankroll. Uh, it's time for you to go back to work, and it's time for, uh, we got to get the kids to start working, and now i got to go do some shit and try to work and, you know, and, and, and do something that I don't want to do. No, that's not going to happen, right? So, like, you know what I mean? Everybody's different. I, uh, I have a family. If I'm single, maybe I roll the dice a little bit more. So everybody, you know, it's it's all personal, Silky. I can't really, you know, it's a personal thing you got to look at. But concentrate on not losing at all. LWP at Yacht Eat. Yacht Eat. What's your take on esports betting? Do you think this will develop into a major market at some stage? I see low limits and a lot of juice on the lines now, but can't keep but think there's probably some value to be had here. Yeah, esports. We're probably going to be adding esports to spank odds pretty soon, um, as another tab. There's been a lot of requests for it, and I always wanted to do it. Esports is big, man. It, it, it's you know, Pinnacle's taking big money on it. I know a couple of the other offshores take it. Um, it's becoming a craze. Um, the per heads even take it, but again, you know, it, it's uh, it's out there, and and I know I don't know Vegas is, Vegas can't take it, and I'm pretty sure a lot of the regulated joints can't take it but it is big and there is some sharp stuff out there there's you know it's 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 a craze that has swept the gambling world and uh, do i think it's going to continue why not um you know you can just look at it you know i think it was pinnacle was taking six dimes ten dimes whatever it was a really really big amount and the ceo of pinnacle paris always goes to these conferences and stuff and she's always on some type of esports panel for some reason because um and that's what she talks about so this is you know uh, she wouldn't participate in these panels if she didn't think this thing was going to get bigger and bigger so yeah i definitely believe there, there's money to be made there and and um and uh you know, is it my thing that I'm uh, to, to, I'm going to watch, you know, these kids playing video games? That ain't for me, but, hey, I don't give a shit if I could, you know, you know, beat the closing line. And if I could bet Yang Chin Cho minus 120, it closes minus 180, you know, you bet yourself I'm going to bet him. I don't even know what he's playing. I don't care. But it just comes down to getting the best of the number. So, and I don't even know how hard these things move, to be honest. But that's it. All right. Mapato. I'm sorry, guys. I just need a little bit of a break. I'm trying to scroll down. This shit just doesn't end. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe I got to make the, the answers a little bit shorter. I'm trying to. Be, I'm trying to answer everybody's questions as wholeheartedly as I can. But all right, Mapato at Mapato. Which of the high-profile bookies that have stiffed you? 
And which Aussie sports are you starting to bet on? What? I'm not really betting on any Aussie sports. Um, Australian leagues football? I don't know. Maybe my guys might dabble. Probably not. Uh, what high-profile bookies have stiffed you? Nah, I don't you know. In recent times, you know, the, the, the bet on sports stiffed me, but they're, they're no longer they were high profile at the time. I don't know if any high profile sports book that has stiffed me that currently is in operation. Um, so I can't really think of anybody. Um, there are a couple of rogue guys running around in the per head world, um, but other than, no high profile sports books that I could think of that have laid down on us. The Googly Moogly at 7, Domino, LJ2. I noticed that after winning a few sports in live play, that the lines lock on anything I click on, even if it's just to see what bets are available. Also, errors, location fail, and re-logins happen whenever I see a good number that I do want to jump on. What could we do to fix this? Well, <laughs> you know, that's what happens. If you're betting the live and you're winning, we're beating the live. The sports books, which I think is completely, you know, it's insane, but they put you on a delay. The only way to uh, uh, to be able to beat that is you got to only bet in timeouts. You got to bet in commercial breaks. I think betting live, where you where you don't have instant confirmation, in this day and age, is apps. It's 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 you're, you're it's not for the better. Number one, you're you're not you're not going to have a faster feed than some of these sports books, no matter what. It's almost relatively impossible. These guys pay tens of thousands of dollars, um, even hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't even know how much these things cost to try to get the, the, as live a feed as possible. How do you neutralize that? You bet in a commercial where seconds don't matter. That's the only way to do it. Bet in a timeout. Um, where you know where where you have enough seconds, I would not bet games as they're going on, just because the playing field is not fair, just because the sports books, like you said, could put you in a spin out and deny your bet. And if they deny your bet, best believe the only deny your bet is if the bet you made had a uh, had a favorable play towards the bet you made, and if the bet if if the play was not favorable towards the bet you made, you know, best believe without the shadow of a doubt that that bet's going to be accepted. So, you know, why are you going to put yourself through that? JS at Willie E123. Why not just invest in the index, Yoy? It has a better return than any pro sports better. Also, if I bet the line at close, example, say the Jets open at plus 10, it closes at plus 13. I bet at close, would that be a plus EV? Bet, or does beating the opener not matter, just beating the close? No. What do you mean? Yeah, if, if you're betting the closing line, <laughs> so if a line open 10, closes 13, you bet plus 13, no. That is not a plus EV bet. That's not good. You want to beat the closing line. You want to get a better line than what the line closed at. Um... You know, beating the opener is uh, is usually your first step towards building a great model. Can I beat the opening line? Then can you, when you beat the opening line, you test it against, can now my model beat the closing line? When you beat the closing line, that's the big, that's the holy grail, right? But I don't, uh, 
You know, and I don't know what this index thing you're talking about, JS. Sorry, brother. Jan Piet at Jan Piet 0681913. You know, what do these numbers mean? Hey, Spanky, thanks so much for your reference and, and for spank odds. You're welcome. Is there a way to identify certain sharp action on spank odds before a major line move? Do you have an example of how you identified one specific group? How can I find out which book is moving first? And is causing a chain reaction that is sharp? All right. How do you determine that a move in one direction is the sharp side and you are pretty sure that won't be a reverse line movement against you? So again, these are all, again, I just said this earlier in a question and an answer. you got to use line move alerts, major line move alerts. Let the computer do the work for you. It'll monitor all the line movements and it'll notify you. You could say if three books move within X number of seconds, a certain percentage of value, let me know about it. If one book moves, and you could set the sports books <clears throat> to look at, this is what's going to determine um, predictability on line movements, on which way the line is going. You got to use line move alerts. You got to use line seeker alerts. You got to use limit change alerts. I built all these things um, because we use them. This isn't built. You got to use, you know, open alerts for the people who like to bet openers. These things are not built because it's fluff and it's all, hi, oh, yeah, let's just put this in. It looks good. This is all real shit that me and my team have used for decades. Um, so, uh, I strongly encourage you to look into that and play around with those tools and see if they benefit you. Jan. At Spoonball95, if trying the middle key numbers 3 and 7 in the NFL, how much juice can a better pair on each side and still be plus EV? Okay, middle, when, I, when you say middle, I think you probably mean... Um, you want to side it because for a line to go from two and a half to three and a half in the NFL is a monster move. Um, if you lay two and a half minus one ten, take plus three minus one ten. Historically, that's probably as break even as it gets. Some people might say it's a small loss. Some people might say it's a small win. A lot of it might depend on the total. Um, but that's kind of your baseline. If you lay two and a half minus one ten, take plus three minus one five. That's definitely an earn. Uh, if you lay three, conversely, if you lay three minus one five, take plus three and a half minus one ten. It's definitely an earn. Uh, definitely an earn. Seven, you know, probably a 13 cent number kind of like thing. So if I could lay, you know, seven minus one ten, take plus seven and a half even, even plus seven and a half minus a one, I'm earning. Can't lay seven minus one ten, take plus seven and a half minus one ten, that's a loss. Um, so, you know, a lot of it has to do with just knowing what the half point is worth. Um, my friends at Unabated have calculators out there that are that you could use, and you could go to their website, and they'll tell you what every half point is worth. And I've used the calculators and to check against my numbers, and I have very, if any, you know, major disagreements. The disagreements that I might have with them might be a, a couple of pennies here and there, nothing crazy. Um, and I've even talked to Rufus about about his, his methodology and how he looks at things, and I understand it, and you know. Um, different ways on, 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 on what the half points are worth because that's, for me, that's the most important thing, you know, um, what a half a point is worth. To know what a half a point is worth is so important in this game. Uh, it's very important. You, you got to know, you know, to compare lines and to know, hey, listen, should I take 
plus three minus one ten or take plus three and a half minus a quarter. Like the, 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 and, and it has to be na- like it has to be automatic. You got to have a chart. You got to be able to build a chart and do it and just know automatically this is the right move. All my guys know that, and it's got to come natural because you know line shopping is very important. But you got to know not everything you're shopping for is going to be apples to apples. Sure, it's pretty obvious. I'd rather take plus three minus oh five than take plus three minus one ten. That's easy, right? But if you're looking at different numbers, um, then it's not really exactly apples to apples. You got to know what that half point is worth, and that's essential to any type of professional betting operation. It's essential to any betting operation. Every novice should know it. Okay, X at Mr. Underscore Lucky Underscore Seven Seven Seven. Over under on the number of different bookmakers you've made a bet with lifetime, and you've won against. What percentage of them? Who are the toughest to beat right now? And do you think you have the record on the number of bookmakers you bet with Lifetime? Ah, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know what everybody else has done, but my God, the number of bookmakers I've bet with Lifetime. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's a lot. It's a lot. You know, because you got to understand that every per head account I get is going to be a different bookmaker. Um. You know, <laughs> I don't know, tens of thousands, I would guess. I, I, I don't even know. It's, it's such a, it's such a hard question to answer. Um, have I won against a, a high percentage of them? Absolutely. You know what I mean? I'm at a point right now, and listen, I'm not trying to toot my own horn and stuff, but we're at a point right now in which we believe um, we get to choose. And again, this is kind of like we get to choose which bookmaker we want to win or lose against. But Spanky, why would you want to lose against a bookmaker? That doesn't make sense. Well, listen, think about it. I don't want to answer. I don't, I don't want to give you everything, but um, just think about it. Okay. At Fatabager. At DB Yasifa. I would love to hear more about your parents. You seem to be someone who is a straight shooter. Thanks, man. Hardworking and dedicated to his craft. Someone whose word is their bond and who knows how to network without being a sleazebag. How much of you... Or how much of who you are is nature versus nurture? Well, thank you. Father's a doctor. My mother was a nurse. Um, and uh, father passed away um, over 20 years ago. My mom's still alive, 90 years old. God bless. Um, and, um, you know, uh, they taught me, you know, uh, just I, I, I had a great childhood. God brought up the right way. Um, always came natural for me to do the right thing. Um, my dad was honest as the day is long always said, you know, all you have is your integrity. Um, my mother always taught me, you know, the golden rule, which is so cliche, but treat others the way you want to be treated. And um, and good things, you know, will happen. Um, and, and that's just what I live by. You know, there's not one person out there that I've ever stiffed. There's not one person out there that I've ever, you know, it's just not my, it's not for me. I'm, I'm not, I don't build, I don't, I, I don't try to hurt anybody. And God, thank God I didn't have to be in a position where that was even an option. But if it was an option, I would work it, I would sell my house, I would do everything to make somebody whole because that's the right way to do it. And that's how I came up with a business, and I've been mentored, not just by my parents, but by several different bookmakers, Tugboat being one of them, who was my first ever guest on a podcast, who, you know, I saw the way he acted, and, 
you know, he always told me that always pay everybody. Oh, your name is everything in this business. This is what you're going to be known as, is if you pay people and if you do the right thing. And and, and that's the thing I live by. So, and I think, you know, in uh, in, a, in an unregulated world, we kind of regulate each other. And, um, you know, I've gotten a reputation that I've always done the right thing and I've, I've, I've mediated several different, you know, quarrels or, or and, 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 and different uh, beefs between other people because people would trust me to make the right decision and uh, to be if I had to be. And I've done several in my lifetime uh, in my career. So I appreciate the kind words, brother. And um, thank you for that. All right. Jan Piet coming back. What are the final parameters for you to feel confident to take that position? Oh. I don't know, man. Just do it. Like Nike, just do it. I don't know what are the final parameters. It's, it's, you know, I'm more, so, you know, you compare everybody's trading styles. I'm more keen to hit, hit the, we call it the gobble button. I'm more keen to hit that gobble button faster than anybody. Um, you know, where Luke, my guy, Luke, you know, He's calculated, you know, he, he knows when the right time is. I'm too aggressive, I'll admit it. Um, and Luke, I think, has it just right. Um, maybe he started off conservative and then kind of got it, you know. He, he, he knows how to do it, you know what I mean? So it's, it's like, I don't know what, what goes in your head and what happens. I just look at the, I'm able to look at the market. And I, I like to, like, you know, if I see an injury sometimes, and if I don't know what the injury's worth and I just got to make a move, sometimes I'll just try to get the few best lines in the world and just take let me take down a seven and a halfs. Even though the line might go to six, I should be taking sevens right now. But sometimes I get a little bit conservative and just take the set, you know, where, where somebody like Luke, if he knows that thing's going to go down, he'll take the six and a halfs. And there's probably nobody that has a six and a half out there, but he'll send that shit in the robot knowing that uh, he just wants to get a blanket the whole world and get everybody, even if they go down to six and a half. And he's just good at that, where I'm, you know, I'm not. Uh, I just don't know. I, I, I've lost, and again, I haven't placed bets in years, but I've lost my uh, ability to kind of know where the market is going. Um, again, though, just like a horse, you know, riding a horse, riding a bike, if I jump back in the saddle and I did it for uh, for enough time, I, I, it'll click again and I'll kind of understand, you know, what uh, what happens. But it's just not, you know, I'm off the horse right now, so. Again, these are great questions that I probably will probably do a Q&A with my man Luke, Chinese Mike. Chinese Mike doesn't like to go on podcasts, doesn't like to talk to anybody. Um, he just likes to do his thing, but maybe we'll do something and uh, maybe you guys can ask these great questions that, you know, my guys can answer. Jan P. it again. Are there certain dynamics between Pinnacle and soft books that we should know about in terms of purposely influencing the odds on softer books? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't, pin, uh, softer books, there's guys that follow Pinnacle's line all over the world, so, you know, if you know that, then you know that, you know, things are happening, um, Pinnacle used to be a betting sports book, don't think they do that now, but Pinnacle used to be a heavily, a betting sports book, and, and when you have a betting sports book, it's very lethal. Because um, if, if you know that you could, you're actually betting and you could control where the market's going to go and you're actually actually placing bets, you become borderline unstoppable. Julio N. Rossio at JNR, uh, JN Reports. Long time listener, first time caller. 
What are the best approaches needed to become a successful soccer better? Are there books to monitor more than others in this market? Great question for a successful soccer better, which I am not, Julio. I called you Julio, sorry. I'm getting tired. Uh, I'm not a successful soccer better, and um, I don't ever intend to be one. Um, historically, though, the best outs for soccer, you know, Pinnacle, of course, is up there these days. Um, SBO, IBC, Triple Eight Crown, these were the big ones um, that have historically, a couple of Asian underground places, I'm sure. Um, so they're out there. Um, I think what was the, what was the, ST, was it STS maybe, or, um, Better. it's on the, I forgot the three, three letters, it's not a three letter sports book, but a lot of sharp ones out there, um, but I wish I could give you advice, buddy, that's not, that's not my thing, CLV sports betting, at CLV sports, my state just legalized sports betting, any recommendations or people to reach out to on setting up my own betting office with access to hundreds of fresh accounts, uh, you know, whether or not hundreds of fresh accounts, um, you know, <laughs> I don't know, brother. I don't know if, you know, hundreds of fresh accounts. There's not even a hundred sports books in your state. So that means you're going to be betting offshore anyway. So would it have mattered whether or not your state had regulated sports betting or not? So I don't know, you know, uh, what's stopping you. Um, go do your thing, bro. Next, Puck Canuck at Puck Canuck 1. What are your thoughts on extended periods of time in which the side with significant closing line value is consistently losing? Happening quite a bit in the NHL for the first month of the season. Thank you. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you, Puck Canuck. Um, I wouldn't read too much into something like that. I uh, I believe in a closing line, and um, you know it's going to take thousands of games for somebody to show me uh, for, for me to convince me otherwise on a certain market. Um, you're talking about the first month of hockey, what are we talking? I don't even know if we're talking 100 games, um, maybe 200, who knows? It's not enough. Stick to it, brother. If you're beating the clothes, you're going to get there. Cam at Moneyline Cam. If you are unable to get down on a number pregame using Steam or the sharp side, is there any value in grabbing the same number or better via live betting if the opportunity presents itself? Is this a recommended strategy? Side or total, barring key injuries sustained during the match? So this is a, a definitely a, a, a question that's asked a lot, and, and I've heard so many people think that this is the way that they're going to, the holy grail of sports betting is, ha, huh, I'll just wait till the other team scores, I'm going to get a better line. Or I'm going to wait till there's a f favorable position and all this shit. This is, this is one of the biggest traps that everybody falls into. The minute that game starts and a live line is set, Everything has changed. Everything has changed. You can't, this is, it's apples to oranges completely. You can't say, oh yeah, I was, I was getting plus seven before the game started, but the line closed, the game closed six, but don't worry, the favorite just scored, and now I can get, you know, plus ten, ha, huh, I'm, I'm getting the best of it. No, you're not. No, that's definitely not the case. Don't do it. Um, it's a completely different market, and if you're betting live, you're probably betting into a higher hold percentage for the bookmaker. You definitely got the worst of it, in my opinion, for the most part. Um, so, no, you can't, it, it's, you can't compare the two. Sorry, Carl. Oh, no, yeah, that was not Carl, that was Cam. The next guy's Carl. 
Carl Felice at Carl underscore Felice. Do you believe that the future of AI will welcome... I'm sorry. Do you believe the future of AI will become so efficient in the years to come that there will be no advantage to be had for live betting NFL? If so, when? Gut instinct. If not, what's hindering AI's progress? Man, you know, I, I don't... That's a very deep question that I don't know if I could answer. I don't, if you, my gut instinct is I think that there's still going to be a select number of groups out there that could beat the NFL live no matter what. And I think that they'll have the, they're the ones that are building the AI to be able to do so. Um, it's hard to beat NFL pregame. It's hard to beat NFL live. There are people that do it. Is it impossible? No. Is it so damn difficult? Yes. Can I do it? No. Um, sides, especially, it's tough. You know, can I squeeze out a small little urn, be able to put some bets in um, happily and, and feel good about myself? Yeah, you know what I mean? We've, we've had a pretty good NFL season, but we've had losing NFL seasons in the past. So, And, and, and the, the tough part thing about NFL, and I've said this uh, earlier, is that NFL is one of those things in which the sample size of just a season it's not many games. Um, so it's just hard. You, unlike college basketball where, you know, you have thousands of games every year. NFL, you don't have many. So it's hard to be able to to see if you built the correct model that's going to last long into the future that the market hasn't really accounted for until it's too late. It's just tough, man. Like, it's a tough, tough sport, and everybody, Roxy Roxborough would always say nobody could beat the NFL. Have there been people beating the NFL? Yeah, sure. Billy Walters beat the NFL for a little bit. Can he still do so today? I have no idea. Um, I don't know. I know there's some people beating it, but I know there's not many. I probably could count them, you know, and again, I'm not talking about props. I'm not talking about things. There's guys that, but again, beating it is one thing. Beating it by enough to make a living, um, and if you can... Uh, and if anybody tells you I could beat the NFL, I'm good at it. Um, look at me. Um, if they're telling you that they could beat it, and if they're publicly doing so, most likely it's bullshit because if you could beat the NFL, honestly, you could do whatever you want in life. Um, you could, you know, there's a lot of money to be made doing that shit. And I think the last thing you want to do is if you could beat the NFL is to toot your horn and talk to people about it and say, look at me. Um, so that's my opinion. Could be wrong. <sighs> okay. Next one. Davo at David Ormsby15. What is your craziest, most inter interesting story of getting stiffed by a bookie and by a runner partner? You don't have to include dollar amounts. Most amount of effort you went through to get money down. Most amount of money I went through to get money down is, for me, you know, historically was playing. Was a, I, I told the story before, but I was playing with a guy that was that he only spoke Spanish, and he had a caliente. He was working on some bodega, and he had a caliente terminal. Caliente is a Mexican sports book, and um, and I took I took some Spanish in high school and shit. But you know, let's face it, you forget all that. So I had to learn Spanish because I went. You know, there's no texting back then and shit like that. This was back in the mid 2000s, whatever. So I'm, I had and this guy. I had to call him up and you know, 
uh, uh, how I say, Nueva York, Gigantes, minus cinco y media, uh, you know, por diez mil, uh, you know, New York Giants minus five and a half for ten dimes. I'd have to learn all that shit, and I'd have to, you know, I'd have to know it quick, um, and I'd have to bet that shit, and, and bet it fast, because the guy was punching that shit in for me, um, out of this bodega, so that's probably one of the hardest things, um, another one, there was a website, there's still, still, you know, I don't know if we still have it, but there's a couple of websites that you go to it, every single letter except the teams are in Chinese, um, so, you know, you gotta navigate through it, and if Mike's not around, if he's too busy, he can't translate that shit or whatever. If it's Vietnamese or what he can do, you got to figure out how to navigate through that Chinese-only website. And again, before Google Translate, everything is easy now. This is before Google Translate, before any of that shit, where there was no translate. You just log into this Chinese out, figure it out, what it means, as long as you could know what the team is, the line, and you just as long as you could, and numbers, then you'll just figure that shit out. So... That was probably, you know, some of the hardest um, things we had to go through. But we got through it, and, and it was worth it. Um, what is the craziest, most interesting story of getting stiffed by a bookie? Uh, you know, they're not really crazy interesting. Um, <laughs> who the hell wants to remember those? Getting stiffed and, 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 and by somebody is something you try to forget. Because these are negative, these are bring up negative emotions. I don't want to bring that back. I get angry, I get frustrated. Um, so I really don't want to bring that shit up. I've talked about a couple of guys in the past that have stiffed me. Um, you know, so I, I'd rather not bring that shit up, uh, to be honest. Um, it just, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things in which, you know, you, in this business, you gotta, you gotta understand that's part of it. And it sucks to have that happen. And you try to avoid it. You try to do your due diligence and, um, and, and you just move on, um, but violence is never the answer. Threats is never the answer. It's not the way anybody should do business. Um, you got to understand that this is part of the game, and um, and 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 just work with honorable people. And um, and that's the thing. I think if you do that, you kind of avoid those. And and our stiffs and laydowns, slow pays are very limited. We work um, with good people and. Um, you know, somebody might have a hiccup here, there, maybe a day late, a dollar short, but for the most part, people come up with the money and they do the right thing. For the most part. There are always bad apples, and we encounter them all the time, don't get me wrong, but you try to avoid them as much as possible. And you try to put yourself in a situation where it doesn't hurt you as much. Figure control. That's another thing I preach all the time. Figure control. Make sure the figure doesn't get too high. Keep the guys in check. If you get a new betting partner, start off small. Don't go for the juggler right away. Slowly but surely, test him out. See if he's honorable. And then slowly, you know, the sports is never going to end. It's going to keep going and going and going. You don't have to get it all in and jam it all in in one or two weeks. You know, and if he has faith in you, and if you have faith in him, you could grow together as a partnership. Um, and then he'll work hard to try to, you know, make good things happen. Okay, scout at hockey skeptic. Would CLV be more strongly correlated to expected value in an efficient market or an inefficient market? Well, you know, CLV is 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 if you believe in the market, you know, you, you want to, it's going to be in an efficient market because in an inefficient market where CLV could be manipulated a lot easier, it's not going to be the best gauge. But in an efficient market where the limits are high, 
uh, CLV would be your best gauge. Um, so, in essence, I would trust the closing line uh, on an NFL side than I would on a WNBA proposition wager. More so. Cody at Lutz Cody 182. What do you use to keep logged into your books? It seems they log you out faster than ever these days. We have some several websites have extensions um, that is um, that refreshes. We have some of them. I forgot what they're called, but we have definitely some of them installed that will refresh, and you can set it to refresh every five minutes and uh, of inactivity, uh, which is important because you don't want that shit to refresh while you're actually placing a bet. So there's definitely, uh, on Google Chrome, on some of these Firefox, whatever the browsers, there's extensions that you can install that will keep everything live so that you're still logged in. Um, I'll definitely look into that. Jan Pete again, do syndicates have exploitable tendencies habits? Absolutely. Absolutely. Syndicates always have exploitable habits. Why? Because a syndicate, if they have a model, that model is favoring Team A. And once you see what team they favor, it is rare, if ever, they're going to bet against Team A. They'll continue to either bet Team A or pass. Um, and then once you kind of figure that out, you can reverse engineer everything. That's a hot tip. Hope it helps. Coach SD at Coach SD7. My man. With the majority of books limiting or tossing sharp betters, where do you see the industry heading in 5 to 10 years? I see this shit heading to the gutter. To the shithole, nah. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I you know I, I think that the business is cyclical in the sense. I think that the rise of the sharp bookmaker is coming, and I think the acceptance in order to differentiate yourself, I think, is going to be coming on board. I think that the time has come to be able now where people are seeing. Listen, I can't. I if I can't compete with the marketing campaigns of a FanDuel and DraftKings, how do I? Uh, differentiate myself in the most economic way possible. I could spend tens of or hundreds of millions of dollars, which many people don't have, to make the commercials, to do all that. Or I could spend a couple of million, hire enough talent, and uh, to be able then to say, okay, we're the sports book that takes everybody on. We're the sports books that won't limit you. We're the sports books that will. will um, we're not going to bonus. We're not going to give you bonuses. We're not going to deal bullshit. But we're going to give you a fair bet every time, and I think, you know, you got to be different in any in any in any business. You want to be different, and I think the time is coming. Circa, of course, is leading the way, but there's a few others maybe on the horizon, or people thinking this is how we're going to be different. This is where we're going to shine. Um, I think people hopefully will realize that this is is the right avenue because then the marketing um, is is just in, in the way you operate. So you don't have to spend money on marketing because word of mouth will be the best marketing. These guys take on everybody. Like, and I, I've told this to Matt Metcalf, and, and you know, my, and it's hard, you know, I know, you know, Derek Stevens, he's never going to throw anybody under the bus. He's that, he's not that kind of guy. But if I'm circa, you know, and again, this is me, but I'm that's why I don't run a sports book. My ad campaign will always be, you know, to show everybody being limited to $5.76 across all the different sports books. And I'd call them out by name and say, that won't happen here. And there it is. You kind of use the reality 
as, as a stepping stone. Now, again, that's just me, but uh, again, that's aggressive. It could cause animosity and shit like that. So maybe it's not the right way to go. I don't know how it is in the upper echelon of bookmakers. I'm not there, so I don't know how that is. But in my opinion, to be able to differentiate yourself that way, and it kind of puts the other people in check to make them do better. If you follow Jeff Benson, who's operations manager of Circus Sports, he's, um, you know, you know, there's no filter on, on Jeff Benson. He's, he's you know, he's a beast. Uh, I wouldn't want him saying shit about me. You know what I'm saying? So he, he's uh, he's going to tell it like it is and then some. Um, and, uh, and that's the thing. That's the way to do it, kind of, to just, no opinions, just facts. You know, this is no room for opinions, no room for subjectivity. Everything just has to be purely fact-based. You know, this sports book limited this player to five hours and seventy-six cents. Period. Did that really happen? Yes. Will that ever happen at my sports book? No. That's it. You can't argue with facts. Um, it's not. It's not uh, uh, attacking the sports book when you just play. When you just state facts. That that and, and I think that's the way to go, in my opinion. But hope that answers, Scotty. Hopefully, it turns out for the better for all of us. P.O.S. Piece of shit. At 215FJ, what books did you just finish, and what are you reading now? Ah, great question. <coughs> so a book I just finished is a book um, my buddy recommended to me. It's called Free. Um, I'm trying to find out who the author is, um, uh, and I want to give it to you because it's a great book. This is kind of... Um, it's hard to figure out. I, I got to look at my recent order history, but it's a, it's, it's a book about free offering things for free to be able to ret- achieve market share. And part of what I learned in that book is kind of why I started Spank Gods is free. I never thought I was going to make Spank Gods free. Um, you know, for for uh, you know, start off. I thought I was just going to start charging, and that's it. Then I realized my buddy said, "Read this book," and it kind of tells you that by offering things for free. You get your name out there. People are more inclined to try it, and you're actually going to make more money in the long run if you put out a quality product. So I think um, I, I, it's um, it's on Amazon. I could try to search it, but you know I don't want to slow this thing down because it's getting a little late. So, uh, but yeah, it's called Free. Um, what book am I reading now? Um, currently, right now, in the busy season, I haven't been reading, um, anything, there's no current book I'm reading, um, couple on a shelf, a lot of the books I like to read are self-help books, and, um, you know, books on, uh, on, um, the one book I recently read was Never Enough Zeros, guy I had him on my podcast, Joel Soper, which is a very dark read about being a compulsive gambler, a degenerate gambler, and how it, you know, traps you and stuff. That was a tough read, man. Um, very, very dark and shit. So, but I think every I think every gambler should read that shit, because in essence, you know, we've all as gamblers, I think we've all been there. We're all human. You know, I don't know if we've all been there trying to. You know, this guy was on a bridge, you had to talk down from jumping off. That's a different story. But we've all been there. We're like, oh my god, I can't believe it, and you know, this the game that went against me, and oh, I can't believe that last second touchdown and shit. Um, you know, and, and you see how gambling can damage people's lives, and here we're talking gambling strategy, we're talking all this stuff, 
But, you know, the, the reality of it is, is that not everybody has the discipline and money management to be able to do this long-term, whether it's professionally or recreationally, re- on, a, on a recreation level. Some people just go over the edge and just can't help themselves and become compulsive gamblers, degenerate gamblers. And listen, there's nothing to be ashamed of. It happens to the best of us. I've had many friends have that happen to them, and it's, you know, it's, 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 it's just part of it. Um, nobody's perfect, and don't feel ashamed. Seek help. I don't know if 1-800-GAMBLER is the way to go, um, but seek help in some type of a, a thing where you go to GA, maybe Gamblers Anonymous. I know that was um, that that's an important thing. My buddy Tugboat, as part of his uh, uh, plea sentencing, had to attend Gamblers Anonymous um, for a year or two years. And, you know, I've never been, but he told me about it, and, uh, you know, he says it's therapeutic, you know what I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, I'm helping other people out, and I understand, the, you know, how gambling is an addiction, and, and it's, it's, it's something that you should never be ashamed about, and I think that everybody, um, you know, to, to, to just understand that we're all human, we're all trying to get better, and if we could build each other up instead of um, bring each other down, that's the way to go. All right. Tout Central, at Central Tout. What was your average bet amount when you began taking it seriously? Well, when I, when I began taking it, I always took it seriously. This wasn't a joke, but, you know, I, 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 when I was scalping and middling, it didn't matter what I bet, right, because I was always covering myself. So it didn't matter. Um, um, but, you know, you start off betting a dime, two dimes, five dimes. Then it just slowly graduates up and up and up and up until... You're comfortable, whereas now, you know, knock on wood, I'm okay with, um, you know, the market, you know, is uh, my appetite is exceeding what the market can justify, so I feel good about that, and, and that's where I'm at, but, you know, eventually you're going to get there if you just work hard and, and, you know, just keep trying. That's bullshit. You're, you're probably not going to get there. I don't want to bullshit you guys getting tired, but, uh, you know, <laughs> you just, uh, you want, you want to increase your bankroll size and increase your bet limits, but again, just make sure you don't go broke. Okay, before I keep going, I just got to see how many more, actually, it's not that bad. I hope everybody's enjoying this, and I'll open it up to live questions. I got to get this on my podcast somehow, so I don't know how I'm going to do it, because I'm talking through a mic, and I got the cell phone on the Twitter spaces. So I got to figure out how to get live questions um, into the thing. So we'll figure it out, though. Uh, let's see here. Okay, just a few more. Not bad. Here we go. Tyrus at MT underscore Finchy. Primetime game. Monday night football. Circus taking fifty dimes on the under. Line is painted forty-two and a half. Eight minutes before the game. Circa ticks to forty-two. Are you smashing all under 42 and a half since that was likely a sizable bet, or is that not enough CLV to overcome the bookmaker's vig? No, the 42 is a dead number, number one. Number two, I'm definitely not smashing something. Circus just going to move. Um, you de- and that's definitely not uh, enough to overcome the bookmaker's vig. Um, Circus goes from 42 and a half to say, like, to say 40 and a half or something. Yes, by all means. G-Stack George at George Tisivillitis. Sent you a DM with a story question. Ah, oh, sorry, George. I can't check DMs, brother. I'm just doing a thread here. Appreciate it, though. Next, Owen Noble burner account at Owen Noble 81 How long did it take to make the bot? 
How is the transition of PPH from legals? How is the transition of PPH from legals? You mean PPH to legals. I've always been betting at PPHs. Um, yeah. How hard is it to get down on your average bet? Eh, you know, we find ways to do it. It's not that hard. What do you do when you're locked in a position and steam goes all the way? Do you buy out or let it ride? It all depends. Depends if we think it's artificial steam or real steam. Um, it all depends. Every, it's, each each is, it, situation warrants a different answer. How long did it take to make the bot? Um, it took years. Um, and I'm still using the same code. And, um, you know... It just it's it's hard to maintain these things. It's just like it's hard to maintain an on-screen. You got to make sure part you know HTML changes and the website changes and different authentication changes. Just so much shit going on. You know to run to run an operation you know is just hard. Um, it's just tough. All right, MDC Marty at MDC Marty. How do you or your bots handle bookmakers that continue to unethically have bet slips where the odds change while you're betting? Bookmaker.eu is the main one. Really? I don't, uh, I haven't had that happen to us in a long-ass time. So you're saying that if I, you know, so if I click confirm, let's just say I'm going minus 5, minus 110. I click confirm, and then all of a sudden, the confirmation screen says, you got the bet, minus 5.5, minus 110. That hasn't happened in a very long time. Um... Uh, and if it did, you know, we, we made sure that we stopped pl playing with that place or we let the guy know about it. I don't, you know, most likely if you bet minus 5, minus 10, the line moves, there's always a warning screen that says, line moved. Would you like to accept a new line? I haven't seen that, Marty. Um, and if you have, I would stop, you know, I haven't seen that at, at any place, so I, I'd be careful. All right, next we have Mitch. Um... At Dobbs MT, Rob Zola, Joey Kinnish, Kelly in Vegas. Fuck one, kill one, marry one. Your move, Spanky. Oh, yeah. That's a wise ass question. Um. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm not a gay guy, so obviously I'm gonna fuck Kelly in Vegas. There's no way I'm touching Rob or Joey Kinnish. So I got to marry or kill Rob or Joey Kanish. Um, you know, I get along with Rob. I've met Rob. I've hung out with Rob. I think Rob would make a great roommate. He seems like a tidy guy, a nice guy, and um, I think we'd get along just fine. Um, so, I'd, you know, I'd marry Rob and, you know, be his roommate. And it just leaves by, you know, because if I marry Joey Kanish, I'd live in his mom's basement the rest of my life, and that ain't going to happen. So, um, so by default, I'd probably kill Joey Kinnish, but listen, I like Joey Kinnish, he seems like a nice guy, I never met him, I'm sure if I met him, I'd like him, um, but, you know, by default, I'd kill Joey, no offense, Joey. Alright, dubs, not L's, at L's, if L's, what languages did your son use for his college tour website? <coughs> he used Java, and, um, that's what he learned in school, and I think he used a couple, he used some Python scripts also to do some parsing. Um, but he used Java and Python, which is the two languages he learned in school. S dot, Confused Nation. Do you bet a total with the mindset to win, lose on the hook? If not, why? If not, granted the option of available for less juice, buy the total up or down. Aside from CLV, is less vig for a volume player the best option? Thank you. No, so, you know, I don't, I don't look at it like 
oh yeah, I'm going to try to get the less juice. What you want to do is you just want to know what the bargain buy is. And the bargain buy, essentially, is if the half a point is worth a certain number of pennies and they're charging you less than that, then you buy it. If not, then you don't buy it. You don't think, it, that's how you think of it. You just think, am I getting a bargain buy or not? You don't think about, I just want to minimize the juice or I want to maximize the spread I'm getting. It all has to make sense because, you know, obviously, if you usually if you're betting a better spread, you're going to be paying more juice. If you're getting a worse spread, you'll be paying less juice. The, the, the happy medium is to know what each half point is worth so that you're, uh, you're, you're getting the best value for your buck. Mookie Buckner at Beltran Flinch. Do you think Americans are still able to bet on sites like Pinnacle that claim to block U.S. patrons? No, Pinnacle definitely does not accept U.S. Uh, betting at all. They 100% block U.S. patrons. Um, are there websites that copy Pinnacle's lines? I think I mentioned this earlier, all over the place. Absolutely. Um, there are many websites that still, till this day, operate saying, listen, you, you know, we, you know, you just look at them. When Pinnacle moves, they move exactly in tandem with Pinnacle. So to be able to bet into a Pinnacle line, even though you're not betting at Pinnacle, it's, they're, they're, they're out there all over the place in the unregulated world. Heck, a lot of them are even in the regulated world. If you look at them closely, a lot of guys uh, in the regulated market will move if Pinnacle moves. So, um, you know, not exactly. They're not copying uh, line for line, but they're definitely influenced by the Pinnacle line to this day. Rodney, people call me Ruxin Ruxin at Scrappy Jim Rat. Who is the best handicapper for the NFL? And would that person even be on Twitter? Probably not. And I don't really know. Um, are there any legit opportunities for advanced players like you to earn on the NFL with how tight the market is? Yeah, there is legit opportunities in the prop market. Um, sometimes the totals, I think, could still be exploitable. NFL sides is a tough, tough thing to beat. Um, we try, you know, injuries is the way to do it. You get an injury before everybody else, then you could beat it. Um, you know, but it's hard to to predict the NFL without injuries, without information on where the line is going. It's very difficult. But it's what people talk about, it's what people like, it's a trendy thing. But I always say that the money is, you know, is the money greener that you win on the NFL versus the money that you want on college basketball? It's still the same money. Uh, so why try to tackle, pun intended, the harder sport when you should try to exploit the bookmakers or the bookmakers more weak, in my opinion. Also, how was life growing up? Well, I already answered that. Life was, you know, I had a good childhood, and uh, it was a good time. I pay that. Okay, Harriet, stop one. No one cares about doing spank crawls except the IRS. I'm sure they would enjoy hearing the story of how he forced a slow pay to donate plasma and did not report real income. That never happened. I never forced anybody to donate any plasma. A true piece of shit. Thank you, Harriet. Don't be surprised when he is behind bars soon. They are coming for him. Well, they don't believe me. They all know where I live. They all know everything about me at this point, Harriet. Stop whining, 16, and, um, you know, I, I, I'm, uh, my name is so out there, I've been through the gamut, uh, as Dusty Rhodes would say, I've whined and dined with kings and queens, sat in alleyways, eating pork and beans, I've been to the mountaintop and been down in the gutter and everywhere in between, so, uh, if anybody's gonna come after me, then so be it, 
Um, I'm, uh, I would never welcome any type of anything like that, but if it does happen, I'm prepared, and uh, my accountant will handle all that. Uh, i got the best accountant out there, so, um, uh, and that's it. All right, well, I think uh, we're good, um, and uh, I will now, I guess, we could open this up here. We got two questions, or what are we doing here? Uh, let's do, we got two more questions um, that are asked in the Twitter spaces, bonus questions, before we wrap this up. How far are we, how much do we go on this thing? We're already at two hours, so this is, a, a, you know, we don't want to get to the Fats podcast that lasts up to close to three hours. We're about to wrap this up. Any tips for verifying reliability of PPHs? It's tough. Um, you know, like I said, you got to, you got to kind of, you know, you got to have connections, man. It's just tough. You're not going to be able to call down there in Costa Rica and say, how big is this guy's package? Well, you know, if you're a friend of mine and you really need to know, you ask me, I might be able to if I have the time, I'll be able to do it. But that's about it. You got you to gotta have friends and you got to know. That's, that's how I do it all the time. I find out how big, am I one of a 500 or am I one of three? And if you're one of three, you know that the guy's taking a shot and he's not the real deal. Robert Schaefer, Spanky, what percentage of your plays would you say are live side totals? We don't bet live at all. What percentage of your portfolio on average do you dedicate to team player props? Very, very small percentage of my bankroll or my uh, my portfolio is that. My guy does it. It gets in there. It's a nice little, you know, cherry on top, but it's definitely not going to make or break me in any way, shape, or form. Anybody else want to ask a question? Um, at this point, I... Uh, I'm happy to answer it. Otherwise, this podcast is going to be a wrap. I appreciate you guys taking the time. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Be thankful for what you've been given. And um, be thankful to be a sports better. Be thankful that you have, um, that you're able to, you know, Listen, I'm thankful I'm able to tape a podcast and talk sports betting. This is pretty cool shit. Um, I hope I was able to share some insight. I hope you didn't read through too much of my bullshit. I made half of the shit up, to be honest. But um, the other half hopefully sounded okay. But thank you, everybody, for supporting Be Better Betters. Reminder to Bet Bash tickets go on sale this Friday. you got to have spank odds. The VIP is going to sell out. Um, the only way to get into the Legacy Club is by getting a VIP ticket, and there are, Legacy Club doesn't fit many people, so we have to cap those number of tickets. It's an, it's, that's the $8.99. If you're tight on, tight on funds, you go $6.99. If you can't afford $6.99 to become a better better and to meet some of the best sports betters, bookmakers in the world, it's all right. Stay home. You'll regret it. Thanks so much for the time. Until next time.